Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodie fans, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de similar cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? What have you been up to? You know, summer's over. Well, is it really over? When does the solstice end or begin? Do seasons even really matter anymore? Wasn't it Benjamin Franklin that first suggested it? Yes, I learned that in National Treasure. Thank you, Nick Cage. Well, actually, thank you, Justin... Oh, he was in The Hangover, Justin Baratha, Bartha, something like that. But anyway, uh, this is a fun one. I say, uh, so much. I'm trying to get better, guys. But this is a fun one. I say that for a lot of them, but I mean it. I'm having fun recording these. In this episode, I'm speaking with Jenna Rosen, the marketing and events manager for Time Out Market New York, Brooklyn, Dumbo to be exact. Yes, another member of the Timeout Market family. I met Jenna and had like a half hour, 40 minute conversation with her before recording with uh, Joao. Am I ever going to get that name right? Well, anyway, when I met Joao, uh, like I said, I spoke with Jenna beforehand. I'm having this terrific conversation. I'm going, Kyle, why aren't we recording this? Why don't I just like hand the headset to her and start recording? And we, we had such a terrific conversation, and we didn't necessarily try to replicate the exact conversation for you here, but it was just another fun conversation. So here I go with Jenna. Yeah, 2020 is like, I feel like robots and China will be taking over very soon. <laughs> <laughs> they already have. We just yeah. don't know it. Well, did you hear about in China, um, when you go to a restaurant or you go to a drugstore, yeah. now they can actually rate you? Similar to that show Black Mirror, oh, it's like you're being rated what? when you swipe your credit card. They they can rate you from that. But like what like rated house like like rated on like on what? Yeah. your I guess appearance rated on your the way that you are as a guest. What same in restaurants? So if oh, you're rude God. to a server, oh. then you're gonna get like zero points, something like that. It's crazy. This girl actually at Ample Hill was telling me about. It. Because I this go to Ample is, Hill at least three times a week, and they just open in Dumbo. You know, this is opening <laughs> up a door that I, something I wanted to speak to you. The one, one, one of many things I wanted to speak Futuristic to you about. Futuristic weird shit. Well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let's get deep. Uh, no. Uh, well, I mean, just I mean, so let, well, let's just say 
who you are and what you do. Yeah. So you're Jenna Rosen and... So I'm Jenna Rosen um, and what I do is I'm the head of marketing and events for Time Out Market, New mm-hmm. York specifically. Um, we have two floors in Empire Stores uh, on the ground floor and fifth floor with a rooftop terrace. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, what a we have view. The- One of the best views I'd say like in, you know, of the five boroughs. You know, it's funny. So Dumbo House, which is a part of Soho House, mm-hmm. they're right above us. Uh. So they actually have the best view. Oh, okay. Well, we have, you know. we have a similar view, but they cut off some of our view of the Brooklyn Bridge, uh. which I don't love. But we have the Manhattan view, and we also have the the waterfront view, which yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah, I live in Jersey City, and I always make the argument when people are just like, yeah, but, I, you know, if they're, you know, city elitists and Manhattan and everything like that, I'm just like, I, I've got your view. Like, I'm, I'm not saying Manhattan's, you know, like... No, I'm, Jersey I'm not saying City it, has one of the best views. Yeah, because it's got the view of the city. It's I know. just like, it's my argument. That's how what, I felt I, about moving to Brooklyn. Like, I felt yeah. like Brooklyn is the more elite now because we have yeah. this Manhattan gorgeous view. And if you're in Manhattan, you're not really getting the best view. No, no, you're not. I like, see that's the Statue the whole, of Liberty every day. Yeah, it's it's great. that's amazing. Yeah. And that's what, when people come and visit, I, I always, I, well, I had to think about this. Uh, I, I was telling you before we recorded, and obviously and the, the listeners know I was in Europe recently, mm. and... I, I had been to Paris once before, and I was like, oh, it'd be nice to maybe go to the top top the uh, Eiffel Tower. And I was like, eh, but, you know, if the line's ridiculous, you know, I mean, it was like 20, 25 euro, I'm like, whatever. But the line was like, now, actually, at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower, you can't go under, you should be able to walk underneath it. Now it's all, like, gated, I was gated, there last September, off. and I noticed that. Yeah. And so you just so, take pictures in front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they had that one really good, like, lookout point that yeah. you can get in the background. But uh, but I was like, it was a short line, but it was a ridiculous line to get in. And then I was like, oh, like, is it worth it? And I I went, okay, think about, think of it as like a New York. And well, okay, I'm, I live in New Jersey. I'm still a New Yorker in the sense that this is my city. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, what do I tell people when they come? They want to see the Empire State Building and One World. I always tell them, you know, when people are like, oh, I want to go to the top of the Empire State Building, I'm like, don't do that. Go to the top of 30 Rock, because in my opinion, that's the best view, because then you get to look, I mean, you can look uptown if you want, but you get to look downtown, and you get to see the Empire State Building, the Chrysler, One World. For sure. That's and actually like, such that's, a good idea. That's the best. So to go into, again, so from Brooklyn and Queens and Staten Island and in Jersey. Well, all the tourists already know about Staten Island, the free ferry. Yeah. <laughs> because when I'm going to visit my friends in Staten Island and I'm taking the ferry over, uh-huh. I get bombarded and like oh, really? basically I feel like I'm about to die because yeah. all the tourists are about to crumble me. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, there's some ridiculous views outside of Manhattan that people are starting to figure out. I mean, Dumbo just became popular, I don't know, like five to six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? It's interesting. So I live in Dumbo okay. and I work obviously in Dumbo. Yeah. Um, it's convenient. It's very convenient. <laughs> Walking to work every day is beautiful. Not Fantastic. having to take That's the, the subway. That's the goal. I'm, it's, you know. it's pretty nice. Yeah. I was actually so... When I was the marketing manager over at STK, okay. which is a steakhouse in um, Meatpacking and yes. Bryant Park and all over the world, <laughs> um, it was funny because I lived in Chelsea and my office was right in Meatpacking and the, re- the restaurant was in Meatpacking. Yeah. So I've always had such a great commute to work <laughs> working great. in the food industry. 
And then in the middle of that, on the weekends, I would work at this little restaurant called Vita, which was only open for like a year. Yeah. Um, I thought I was the manager there because no one knew how to do their job uh-huh. from my perspective. Everyone was just like schlepping around and I was the only one really working for tips. <laughs> and I was the only server because there was, I think like 15 tables. It was a oh, small little yeah, vegan yeah. spot. It was actually beautiful, but they didn't know how to run the business properly. Um, and I held a meeting once with the actual manager and the uh-huh. owner and a couple of the busters and the chef. And I was like, guys, we got to get our shit together. People are not coming in as a marketing thing. Like we're giving them free meals. No one wants it. Like people just, I I don't know what we can do to make this better, but expensive vegan food, it's just not working. It's just not working. And I remember my boyfriend came in to pick me up from work, Uh even though we lived around the corner. And he was like, Jenna, why are you holding a meeting? (laughs) It was like a very intense meeting. And I was just a server on the weekend. (laughs) You're, well, you're a take charge kind of person. From the, I mean, this is only second time meeting you, but I, you're, you just seem very efficient, and yeah. you like to cover all your bases for sure. So yeah, so um, going off of what you're saying before, you're work, you, uh, marketing and event manager for Time Out. You also have your own uh, business. Yeah, so I also have a brand marketing consulting business. Um, it's called Jenna Connects. Obviously, <laughs> always connecting people. Always, always connecting. Yeah. <laughs> always connecting the dots. Um, so I have a couple of clients that I do social media work for, mm-hmm. experiential marketing, um, setting up businesses, yeah. um, which is really interesting because I don't just work within the hospitality industry. It's, you know, any type of brand mm-hmm. that's looking to, you know, make the next step and, um, become an actual business. Yeah. Um, so I help work on all the brand marketing and social and PR, um, building a business plan out for them. Yeah. It's really interesting work. Um, and getting to work with so many different entrepreneurs is awesome. And that's what I love to do. Yeah. And I, I think I want to have that full time in the future. It'd be, um, it'd be awesome yeah. to have my well, own you're business. Ma- you're making good connections via timeout as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, working in the hospitality industry gives you so many different options, you know, if you do want to make the career change mm-hmm. because you meet so many people within working in restaurants yeah. or at a bar or, you know, hosting events. You're always meeting amazing people. Yeah, yeah. and you're, you're never, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to meet. You and I met, I mean quickly because you you know interviewed my my president the president of timeout yeah um and i just happened to be meeting with him in the morning yeah so you just never know <laughs> you're always making connections it's new york of course, new york yeah. is the place to do it it's the mecca of it all yeah. it's the mecca of connections yeah. aka jenna connects <laughs> um you know and i've always had a dream of again having my own business consulting for different companies not just working on one brand yeah. because i feel so passionate about so many different entrepreneurs ideas yeah. so right now one of my clients he has a polaroid camera company okay so i work with him it's called esp camera um i work with him on helping him book events so he's doing an american apparel festival right now out in la oh wow and he works with tau and jack daniels and snapchat and instagram and very cool brands so i help him to do some biz dev some social media and stuff like that um but you know like you never know who you're going to meet through those types of small opportunities no yeah yeah you're working with a lot of people that then work with a lot of people it's just a it's a giant ripple and it's so funny it all comes down to hospitality 
and yeah. events. So that's why I, I love having, I love doing what I do now full time. Yeah. Um, and then having my little, you know, sprinkles of clients on the side. <laughs> it's really fun. And it's fun to meet all different types of talent. Let me ask you in, in your personal life do you like hosting do you like throwing parties yeah or? so my boyfriend and I actually moved to Dumbo to start hosting people oh, in our okay. apartment because my apartment in Chelsea was Chelsea, yeah. a shoebox <laughs> um it was my little nook and I loved it and I miss it but um now we live in a beautiful lofted apartment awesome you know yeah. I'm, I'm not paying as much as I would be paying in Manhattan sure um and Dumbo such a quaint beautiful you know upcoming area so it's they, there's also a very strong local community here. Mm-hmm. So you go to the gym, you know everyone. Yeah. You go to the supermarket, you know everyone. Yeah. You know, you, you're you walking down the street, you know everyone's dog. <laughs> Maybe I just do. I don't know. Because I'm creepy and I pet everyone's dogs because I can't have my own right now. But um, this neighborhood is so built, it's becoming so built up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, timeout market's there to help as well. Yeah. That's and we're crazy. bringing in so many people from around the world and, you know, around all you know, the tri-state area. So it's amazing how many people, you know, it's amazing to be the face of something in, in Dumbo at, you know, representing timeout in you know, the Dumbo bib meetings Mm -hmm. or just at the gym or representing on a t-shirt and I'm walking into somewhere and they're like, Oh, you work for timeout market. I'm like, yeah. What do you want to know about it? You know, do you think that, uh, people, residents of Dumbo, was it like a collective excitement that get it now? No, it actually, so being a resident here, I mean, I've only been here for about a year, but I've met a lot of old school Dumbo peeps. Sure. Um, Well, I mean, that's always going to happen. Yeah. We have your older residents. For sure. And then all the local businesses here were really, really kind of scared that we were going to be taking a lot of business away from them. Um, uh, You know, I don't. I, I still go to local businesses and I support, mm-hmm. um, you know, I go to the bars, I go to Almondine, which is next door and I get the lunch special there with my Dumbo big card and I get $2 <laughs> off. Um, and I'm still, you know, I, I still think that the locals aren't really understanding what we are yet since we're such a new concept. Yeah. Um, and we're such a big company. It's very corporate. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard for locals and people in the area to kind of, uh, I guess connect to our brand because we're, we we kind of overtook the area, uh-huh. um, but I think it's I think in time they'll learn to love it or not learn to love it but just come in and actually enjoy yeah because just, of, we're offering so many more food options in the area sure there's really not many so for lunch and break for breakfast lunch dinner um, just grab a drink with a friend. It's an easy place to go. You know, our bars are very affordable. We have 13 to $14 cocktails. I mean, can't get better than that. And then, you know, our food choices are a bit expensive, but you're getting restaurant quality food. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's a place that you can go and you can just have like small bites too. Yeah. It's, you know, after, uh, you know, doing an episode uh, with Joao, it was very, you know, I, I would, did a lot of research on time out <laughs> and then looking into like how it started in Lisbon and you know you can't like obviously every city every neighborhood that gets a timeout, it's going to be a different kind of experience as far as for the residents and as far as just I mean or for the customers right. but what the initial goal was was to create a place that you get you know the a 
taste of the city all in one location. Exactly. And so that's just a different creature than your mom and pop, like, restaurant. Right. And also, in the end, like, in Lisbon, that's now their number one tourist attraction. Which is incredible. Which is incredible. Yeah. Now, is it going to become New York's number one tourist attraction? No. Is it going to become Brooklyn's number one tourist attraction? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Dumbo's? Like, definitely. Yeah. So if people didn't know Dumbo's name yet, uh, which I, I recently taught uh, one of my uh, previous guests is down underneath Manhattan Bridge. In the <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's not, there's not a love for elephants in this neighborhood. I'm not saying they hate elephants, but you know. Well, it's actually, <laughs> the Dumbo Drop, which is in a month from now, uh-huh. they do these, it's... It's for charity, uh-huh. but um, they have a ton of different food vendors and retail vendors, and everyone does like $5 bites, and thousands and thousands of residents from all over Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx, Staten Island, they come in. I think there's like 7,000 to 10,000 people that come to Dumbo, oh, wow. and they drop these little elephants oh, okay. um, so with little gifts even- <laughs> inside of the elephants, so... Um, this neighborhood actually does love Dumbo. Yes. I think they did some sort of a, a partnership with them when Dumbo, the movie, came out. Oh, really? Too. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a yeah. little play on words, and it's fun. Of course, yeah. But I think that, you know, again, this neighborhood is so up and coming, and it's pretty much there. Yeah, um, I, I, it's, I, I think it's kind of past the up and com- coming point. I mean, it's yeah. definitely like... I mean, but it's still... It's still Oh, there's still there's well, still so much more movement and yeah. you know oh, timeout just opened up in what end of May right? right so I mean there's still more to come right but I think it's established itself as like what kind of new neighborhood that it is I remember being here I worked on a show called uh, Work of Art for Bravo and that was in 2010 2011 and just even like seeing the change then I mean this is uh, an area. Famously, in the movie Scent of a Woman, they come here at one point. I think it's a Ferrari that Pacino and Chris O'Donnell are like driving. You know, Pacino's blind in the movie, and he just wants to drive. Again, there's a Ferrari, Lamborghini, something like that. And he's driving it on like the streets, like, you know, a few blocks away from where we are right now. On the cobblestone. <laughs> and you just see what it looked like in 1990. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Like, you know, know, like it wasn't, it wasn't, it, 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 it does confuse me. And that's, I wish I had more money than I did. Cause I would invest in like places that have waterfront property that aren't like hip places to live yet, Wouldn't but it just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just like, but still, I just, it, it amazes me that no one went like, this'll be worth something someday. Like again, the view of New York right here, the view of these bridges. Oh, so there's a ton of residents going back to the locals mm-hmm. who I have come across and I've, I've met who have bought properties like 30 years ago here. Yeah. Um, above the restaurant Superfine, um, over on, I think it's on Front Street, um, there's this girl who I met who is actually an author of a, a new book that just came out. She lives in a property that I think her husband bought maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, before this neighborhood really became been, what it is yeah. now. But I've met other people who have bought properties like 30 to 40 years ago here in that same building. And I mean, the apartments are like two to 3,000 square feet yeah. and they're paying nothing. It's compare. I mean, comparatively to, yeah. uh, you know, other, other places in the city and in Brooklyn, but it's incredible to see how many people were, you know, they knew it. Yeah, they they, they knew were psychic it, yeah. in that they knew that this place would be something one day. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and talking to so many old school peeps that have been, <laughs> you know, living in Brooklyn for so long, including my parents who were originally from Canarsie, okay. they yeah. would think of Dumbo when they were younger as, you know, a, a really bad place to go. Yeah. You just did not go to this area. You did not go under the bridge. No, it was not a shady. safe place Those to be. Are, yeah, exactly. The train tracks, people were selling drugs, yeah. prostitution, the whole nine. And people really avoided this area up until, you know, up until then. But also, going back really quickly, um, when 9-11 happened, mm-hmm. or before 9-11, when the, when the towers were still there, yeah. there are so many beautiful photos oh, of, wow. in front of Empire Stores, actually, before Empire Stores became Empire Stores, yeah. they, there was just weeds and plants everywhere, uh, like over the railroad tracks. Yeah. And you saw the towers, and you saw... The, them like looking over you know the Brooklyn Bridge and Mm -hmm. it was so beautiful there's so many images of that and it's actually they have them in the Brooklyn Historical Society in the the same building um and yeah I mean that that the Brooklyn Historical Society really shows how much this place has changed it's incredible and that goes back to you know all the people who I've met from Brooklyn who have said that this was this was always a magical place, mm-hmm. and it just needed some work. Yeah, it just needed a little like facelift. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as New York, a, a lot of New York yeah. needed a facelift. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the the city was bankrupt, you know, like and going into it was almost like a war zone in the in the you know early right. to mid even late seventies, and it took a while to clean up and it was neighborhood by neighborhood and now I mean you know like I, I mean I do get the concern of residents and people that have been here a while but I think they just need to I mean you just ultimately have to go with the flow and accept just, the change yeah accept the change I mean there's yeah. always going to be change I always. mean it, it was there's people that I'm sure absolutely loved it here but then when it started going downhill like they moved right like, you know that's just that was change that happened that was change definitely for the worse at that time and then like you know i mean this is all change for the better but i mean does it fall into gentrification you know like i i don't know like it's i mean it's also gentrification always a, a bad thing no it's not but ultimately i think you have to look at at least from timeouts perspective or not timeouts perspective but looking at you know at timeout again it's a place that's trying to give you like a one-stop place for you know all the different you know, food you can get in this city yeah, and give you the inspiration to then explore elsewhere. And like you said, then you can go into, uh, that was the Brooklyn historical. Yeah. the Brooklyn, Yeah, exactly. Because of that, then you can find out about that and you can, and you can learn more and you can appreciate more. So I think it's all mostly for, you know, for the better. Yeah. And I mean, timeout market's not just about food and no, not, and drink yeah. we have a cultural cultural component as well you know we have local musicians that are coming in on the weekends yeah. friday through sunday um we really use our stage on the fifth floor as a platform for local artists and local musicians too yeah. and even you know the local trivia league they're yeah. you know they're coming every other wednesday to do <laughs> new york trivia yeah. in our space which is amazing yeah. um and i think the tourists really appreciate it because i don't know if they've ever seen anything like that sure. you know um and you know the musicians are also very appreciative because there's so many struggling artists in New York mm-hmm. that are so amazing but can't get in front of the right person or the sure, right people. Yeah. And we use our stage as a platform for those local people to come yeah. in and do their thing. And I think that that's really magical that we're working with the community and we're working with 
you know, local New Yorkers to make those things happen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and we always provide them with some food and some drink and let them enjoy the space <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, we really try to tie in the programming into timeout market. Mm-hmm. We have paint and sip classes on the terrace. You know, we're looking to do some cool Halloween stuff and, awesome. you know, yeah. make it, make it homey and make it local yeah. so that we don't just look like a huge corporate setting for food and drink. Yeah. Um, and you know, that goes into the, the dinner series that I was telling you about called, yeah. called off the menu. Off the menu. Yeah. yeah. That so, sounds real. I, I gotta tell you, that sounds <laughs> like I was, you know, setting up the computer and getting yeah. everything. I'm just like, that sounds really cool. I want to talk about that. So let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about off the menu. Yeah. So I came up with the concept off the menu. Um, so yeah, your, your brainchild. Oh yeah. Always. <laughs> <laughs> um, so off the menu is going to be a curated dinner series mm-hmm. from working with Ivy Stark to Pat Lafreda to Jacob's Pickles to all of our vendors, hopefully, yeah. um, whoever really wants to be a part of it. And we're going to be doing different menu items from their other restaurants or things that they're making up kind of on the flow. Yeah, things that um, just aren't available because it's, I mean, they're obviously great menu items, but sh- they're limited to the amount of what they can have at the marketplace. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, at, at the market, they really only have like eight things on their menu yeah. plus some specials on their little menus yeah. on, on the counter. Um, so we're giving them the opportunity to do these curated dinners for up to, you know, 25 to 30 people selling, selling tickets for it, pairing, pairing these dinners with like a tequila partner or a whiskey partner or a wine partner. Yeah. Um, and really making it a special curated and exclusive event for locals and tourists and whoever really is interested in Very cool. food yeah. and fun and, you know, learning about the chefs. We have so many great chefs and we have such a good platform, obviously being, one of the biggest media companies, yeah. um, Time Out, and we want to be able to showcase how amazing these chefs really are. Um, and I think Ivy Stark's actually going to be our first off-the-menu oh, cool. chef, which yeah. we're really looking forward to. Um, Ivy Stark, she was running the culinary at Dos Caminos mm-hmm. and Rosa Mexicana. She is incredible. Um, we're really lucky to have her. She is two restaurants in the market, Ivy Stark upstairs on the fifth floor, and then her vegan concept, which is really cool. It's called Brooklyn Wild. Oh, I'll have to try that one. So she's just working right now on, for the off the menu, just on the Mexican concept. So she's going to be demoing all of the food on the counter in front of, you know, our our guests. And um, (laughs) then she'll bring all the food out at once. We'll pair it with a tequila company. Awesome. One that she's worked with before and one that she's very comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have some a brand ambassador come in from the tequila company and they'll be talking about why each tequila is paired with. That's perfect. I love, that's one of yeah. my favorite things is going, I love pairing and I love hearing, you know, someone explain like, you know, you know, take a bite of this, then take a sip of this, or just even take a small sip, let it, you know, s- you know, swish around. Swish and then, around yeah. in your mouth, and then take a bite of that <laughs> steak taco. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, so it's we're, the best. And, you know, I'd like to incorporate maybe something on the stage at that time, so mm-hmm. people are also occupied after, you know, the tasting, and maybe we do um, a tarot card reading after, or Ooh. maybe we have a musician there, <laughs> um, and really make it special for our guests so yeah. that they want to come to the next one. Um, so that's off the menu and I think, you know, so September will be Ivy Stark. We'll be doing two of those dinners and then following hopefully Jacob's pickles and then Pat Lafreda doing a steak dinner with a whiskey pairing. Um, 
and yeah, we'll have a lot of those going on. So check out timeoutmarketnewyork.com to see all of our events going on in the space. So you say all of that, and I, as a videographer, as a producer, I just start automatically seeing like a series, like a like a like you know that would be what yeah what what is do you have I mean as far as your goals do you see anything like I mean. You, obviously, you're very involved in a live event. That is that is your livelihood. Mm-hmm. It's all about like the here and now. Do you want to get into the realm? I mean, I've got a podcast on the side. I do, you know, for my main source of income, I do, you know, video projects. Is that something that you're interested in? Like, do you uh, like do you want video content, or are you very much like? You know, like as far as food, are you about the here and now, the live event aspect of it? I mean, I think video content and photography is so important Mm -hmm. um, for the first couple. Sure. To, you know, make that appearance known um, on our social channels. And luckily we have, and, you know, Time Out has a photographer. Yeah, of course. An in-house photographer (laughs) and an in-house videographer to do certain things like that. But um, I think for the first couple, we'll have some type of video going cool, yeah. um, just to grab that content because yeah. we do want to make this into a series and oh, cool. All right, yeah. eventually my I'm giving everyone a hint right now but um, eventually my timeout editors mm-hmm. from timeout magazine really want to do a podcast on our stage Perfect. and they want to make it live oh, so awesome. we'll incorporate cool, yeah. the off the menu into that podcast nice. um, and really make it known and make it live. Very cool. So, and we'll be doing, you know, curated things like this in the future. Mm-hmm. I just really want to start small to yeah. see where we're comfortable. Sure. Um, yeah. And what works and what doesn't work and what our guests like and what they don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to tend to the chefs and I want to tend to the guests. Yeah. And that's really my job right now is both tending yes. to the chefs, making sure they're happy, marketing things that they want me to market. And put on social media and send to the press, yeah. um, as well as marketing to our guests and seeing what makes the guests happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of people interested in doing the paint and sift classes on our terrace. Sure, and yeah. that brings in some business too, right? Like yeah. I work with um, a company in Park Slope called Private Picasso. And again, everything's very local. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, we have like 15 to 20 seats on our terrace that we reserve and it's a two hour class watching the sun go down mm-hmm. from our terrace. It's absolutely gorgeous. And we have an instructor doing the paint classes and we offer complimentary glasses of wine for everyone who comes. Yeah. Um, and we really truly turn it into a nice experience for people. And then they, you know, happen to dine with us after, which makes <laughs> me and the chefs happy. So I'm really trying to, um, just make everyone happy and, see how everyone's goals are aligned um and yeah that's I mean that's the job right (laughs) and that's what I'm passionate about it's it's not just a job for me too it's more of a passion project at the end of the day so yeah yeah. I have goodwill in, in, in people, so I'll, I'll say my idea right now, hoping that no one will steal it. I mean, it's not an original idea. It's just obviously, yeah. you know, there's obviously original inventions, and then you're just perfecting things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an idea for a company, and it was it would be called Crafts and Brews. And it was to draw in more of the male crowd into kind of like the wine and the, okay, and the, and the like painting. That. So, it's not, so it wouldn't just be painting. It would be a place that would be multiple like types of crafts that you can either like make like t-shirts or like you know like you know DIY kind yeah. of stuff. Well, I feel like that it's would so be. funny that you're saying this because I actually 
and going back to me hosting people in uh. my in my jumbo loft <laughs> apartment because I'm so fancy. Um, I hosted a tie-dye class on my rooftop a couple of weeks ago. There you go. I had, like, one guy there. My boyfriend didn't want to come because, again, like you're saying, a lot of men don't, <laughs> don't want to be crafting. Um, I don't know if that's kosher to say in 2019, but hey. I'm fine with it. It's okay. You're in a safe place. I'm in a safe place. You're in your office. Not Thank you. And the, and the podcast. <laughs> I'm in a WeWork, the most safe place yeah, you can the... be. <laughs> There's security downstairs. There is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I hosted a tie-dye event on the roof. I put it on social media and I actually did get a lot of my guy friends super interested. They were like, oh my God, I want to make tie-dye t-shirts. Yeah. That's so dope. Yeah. Like I want to, I want to turn my Rolling Stone white t-shirt into tie-dye. He's like, they're <laughs> well, like, yeah, it's a yeah. bit different than doing just like a Bob Ross kind of, you know. Like, yeah. I think it's of. super fun. And yeah. I, I think that that you're, you're onto something. Oh my God. Maybe, Maybe you should host it at oh. timeout market. Ooh, that'd be good. Hey, let yeah. me know. Yeah. I'm, I'm up to doing anything. I would love to. That's, uh, I, I mean. Brewskis and painting. <laughs> As the brews like, say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that would even be, I mean, that would be something good. I mean, the, the, the Polaroid aspect too. I mean, there's just so much you can do with your, you know, mentioning that company and you guys had the Polaroid. At, we did. Yeah. We, we had them at our, our opening party. Yeah. Um, again, ESP camera, super dope. Mm -hmm. They do, so they do branded Polaroids. Yeah. Um, we bring them in, they, everyone drops their phone into a pile, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't, we don't want any phones when we're painting and we're sipping and unless you're trying to like tag time out market, I'm fine with it on social media. (laughs) But other than that, I really want those types of, you know, group experiences to be intimate and you're meeting people, you're enjoying the space. Um, you're enjoying what you're doing, you're crafting, your mind is off of work, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're in a stress-free environment. More stressful for me, not for the guests, because I'm the one putting on the event, uh-huh. but for the guests, it's stress-free. And um, yeah, I, I, think that, I think that having ESP there or for any type of event is super mm-hmm. cool because they're the ones taking photos for you yeah. and actually giving them to you live. Similar to old school days when you didn't have a phone <laughs> I mean, to snap everything. Polaroid is back with a vengeance. Yeah, know. for sure. And yeah. and yeah, I, I think that it, again it goes full circle in hospitality yeah. and events. So yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was a long ago in our conversation. You were saying the whole um, what they're doing in China. And oh my god, <laughs> that uh, as far as. What what exactly was it again? It was like pe- pe- rating, rating people, people, rating individuals. Like so no Mirror. longer. So it's the it's the opposite of like what you do on Yelp. It's now Yelp for individuals. It's <laughs> like, like Yelp live Yelp. Live Yelp. It's scary. What do you? This is something I I heard a rumor. I don't know how exactly they would do it because a lot of people use Instagram for this reason. I heard Instagram might mm. stop showing likes. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't freaking wait. Okay, so you are in, you are a brand marketing consultant. Why can you not wait? I, I know people that work in PR, and they said that's stupid. Oh, they're crying about it. Yeah. People are literally, I mean, did you read the New York Post article? No, I did not. So, you know how everyone's like, oh my God, Kylie Jenner, well, Forbes named Kylie Jenner. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, I, I heard it. I didn't read it. I heard it. The about first, that. Yeah. like, young billionaire of yeah. our time cool good for you girl and it's mostly because of instagram instagram turned people into 
personally monsters. Uh, what I what I think monsters. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a big enough following, you can't get into this party. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a big enough following, you can't have the same clothes as this person. Yeah. It is so superficial, the app. Yeah. It is the most superficial thing I've ever seen in my life, and it's not live, and you can't touch it. It's not physical. But from a marketing standpoint and for businesses, what do you think about that? Because businesses want to see when you, when when they're... The metrics, I know. They want to see metrics, and obviously, in I, like I've had quite a few like Instagram, you know, like in, influencers, uh, you know, as guests... And well, you know that's, that's what their they, livelihood. Yeah, this is their livelihood. So obviously, so then businesses want to see, oh, you have that many followers, that'll be good for me because then you'll share. So I guess as far as followers, that's fine. But I guess maybe likes. I think followers is di- so much more different than likes. Okay. I think that I think that the whole like concept is. It's very vapid. It's very. It's very shallow. vapid, but yeah. it's also for yourself. Um, in the New York Post article, mm-hmm. they were talking to, I guess, someone in the medical field about your brainwaves like and, oh, okay. and how they work and, you know, what makes you happy and, yeah. you know, what makes you sad and likes when you get, as an influencer, 10,000 likes, if you have a certain number of followers, yeah. that makes you very happy if yeah. you get, you know, and then you promote it and you spend money to get those likes and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And if you get, you know, 1,000 and not 10,000, you're your brain waves start to go down and yeah. you start to get depressed and you're a little bit unhappy. And I think it's just, again, going back to that superficial argument. I think, you know, from a, from a marketing perspective, I think followers make sense when pe- when, when businesses are paying influencers sure. to post, but likes doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It, yeah. it matters what content you're posting and if it's good or not. I, I, if, you're, yeah. if your photography skills are awesome, people are going to look and they're going to love it. If people are posting time out market and I see it on my feed and I, I reach out to them to use one of their pictures um, and, you know, we're building their content up and getting yeah. them followers, that's, that's, really cool for that you know like that's a that's cool that's great and a lot of businesses do that as well without having that money exchange you know for those really big influencers who get one million dollars per post i mean from again from a marketing perspective i think they're wasting a large chunk of change Mm -hmm. um but then again for some businesses it really does help but again taking away the likes doesn't really interfere with who you are as an influencer. Yeah, it's still going to be out there. And and yeah, from the business's standpoint, they'll see that they have that many followers or whatever. I'm all for it. I think, I mean, especially from I think it'll help people. I think it'll help get people off of their phones a little bit. I mean, when you see the notifications that this person liked, I mean, hey, look, I'm the first one to post on Instagram and Mm -hmm. see all my likes and be like, oh my God, I got 400 today. Cool, great picture. Yeah. But it's not my life. It's not something that, you know, is is building my confidence level. Mm-hmm. It's just something that's ad- – it's an added bonus. It's fun and it's, yeah. a, it's a little hobby. But people really do make this their lives. And yeah. they're on their phones and they're not connecting with people as much. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's – I think what Instagram's doing is great. Um, all the influencer friends that I have might kill me for saying that. But – it doesn't really affect their followers, so. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you've got good content, people will then be like, take the one extra step to then 
click on their profile and click follow. Right. Like, they're like, wow, that's great. And then they should be like, I wonder what else they got. And or you if, could yeah. still see from the back end how many people are actually liking your photo. So it doesn't take, an, oh, take it okay. away fully. So do you, you think then people are going to start, is it going to become a cultural thing to then post pictures of, like, the likes? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I hope not. That is just, that would be that too would be much. That would be the saddest thing ever. That would be really sad. So yeah. I think... Um, I think, it, again, going back, I think it's a good thing. I yeah. think it, it'll make some positive change. I know this is a terrible thing to say, but I wish Instagram would just go away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great for businesses, but I, I miss the organic times that we had. Yeah. I mean, I'm out of all social media, I think I'm, I do like Instagram the most just because I'm a visual person. I like seeing... Like, Me too. And I like... And I do like... And I like people tagging like the rest... I see a good picture. I'm like, oh, where was that? And then I can go check out that restaurant. Yeah. And... But again, that's why so many publishing companies are, aren't doing well and magazines aren't doing well anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Time Out is basically Instagram, but in a magazine. Yeah. You're seeing, you know, what food is available to you in the city, what new restaurants are, you know, and, and so I think that I think that that was a tool that used to be used almost as Instagram, those yeah. magazines. And people are reading less and retaining less information um, well, yeah. and gaining a little bit more knowledge, a little, not knowledge, but a little bit more information from Instagram. Well, it falls into the instant gratification. Exactly. And I don't think it's, it is ironic or it is just matter of fact that it's Insta and it's instant gratification. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just all about the getting it right right now and then posting it out there um yeah i mean like you know instagram originally was just for it was for photographers as a platform right. to share their pictures and i think that they're trying to get back to that i don't think it'll ever become as I hope p- so. pure as what it originally was because i mean in the beginning it was for like photos it wasn't because we weren't living yet in like a true like selfie culture right and all all of that and but the thing is I don't mind all the photos right like people people want to create memories and I and I love that I you know I went home this past weekend to my parents house in New Jersey and we were watching home videos and looking at old photos and it yeah no one has photo albums anymore I know and that's Good and that bad, sh- because it's less clutter, that, but... <laughs> that should be a DIY. That's like you come and then you print out pictures that you want, and you can make a little photo albums. I love that. Right? Maybe like maybe the- you should take my job. <laughs> maybe you should go into event marketing. Let's just team up. Let's, let's, I, I, love, I, love, I love throwing. I, I'm, I love hosting. I love throwing parties. So yeah. Like, I've always... It's always been a field that I've been very interested in. Okay, and just, so let's and, partner. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm down. So, like, I, I just, I guess I've always just tackled it, again, from, since I'm a visual person, I'm just like, like, as I said before, you're talking about off the menu, I'm like, I see a show. Like, <laughs> I see, <laughs> I see this thing that, you know, just because we have so many of those Netflix and Amazon and all those food shows, I'm just like, I just see something. Are you really big into food shows, like, on the Food Network and on Netflix and Anthony Bourdain and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, Bo- I mean, Bourdain, obviously being a Jersey boy that he is, mm. just always, like, fascinated me, and I, I was lucky I got to meet him when I was, I worked on a season of Top Chef as a PA. Oh my god, so, yeah. cool. Yeah, so that was pretty cool, and uh, so yeah, just from there, Parts Unknown, and then now with Netflix, everyone listening n- knows this from preview episodes, but like, Somebody Feed Phil, uh, Ugly Delicious, mm-hmm. like, those are not really the... C- 
competition shows. I mean, of course, I mean, I'm a human, so I watched, you know, the, what's the, oh God, I'm forgetting it right now. Cupcake Wars? No, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the British Bake Off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Never, never heard I, of it. Never heard of nope, it? Nope. Never seen it. The Great British Bake Off? It's funny. I'm not, the, I'm a big foodie and I'm yeah. a, I'm a crazy person about movies, film and TV, mm-hmm. but for some reason I just don't put the two together when it comes to shows. Oh, okay. I've never been a fan of gaming shows. The only, the only like show like that that I liked was American Idol and I was like 12 years old. <laughs> so, well, um, yeah. For, but, yeah, for me, the competition shows I never liked and then went, but except for some cooking ones because you actually saw like, oh, these people are talented. Mm. And so that, I mean, which, I mean, American Idol does fall into that. These people, I mean, once they get accepted and they go to Hollywood, it is about talented people. But I mean, with the cooking, it was just like, all right, these people are talented and they're trying to win, what, $50,000, $100,000 to help them further and the recognition to help them further their dream and their career versus something like Survivor and Amazing Race. And while that money will change... Yeah, Shark (laughs) Tank. And while while that money will change their lives, it's not because of a talent. Right. And cooking, uh, that's really a big time. And working on uh, Top Chef, like, I also then started appreciating, like, you know, just the aspect of plating and seeing them all work and seeing, I mean, because it is such a you know, cooking is all about time. And mm-hmm. then on on top of that, you're adding the competitive, you know, you got to f- do this dish in a half hour or an hour you have to complete it. And so it's just really interesting to see what they were all doing. But, yeah. But now I'm much more about the docu-series kind what of What was stuff. the documentary that, I mean, I, I watched it maybe like a year or two ago. Nancy Silverton was in it. Um, oh. And a couple of other folks that were big time chefs and, they, it was on, I think it was on Netflix, and I was actually obsessed with that. I mean, was it, it was part in, of Chef's Table, or was it? Maybe, and, and Ivan was in it from oh. Ivan Ramen, and who else was in it? Oh, the the girl from Milk Bar. It was amazing. Uh, that that, that yeah. actually made me cry. Okay. The Milk Bar episode made me cry. Yeah. For some <laughs> reason. I'm very sensitive, I guess, but... Uh, <laughs> The, that that made me cry because she she's she had such a passion for doing what she did in her house mm-hmm. and really didn't want fame or anything from it. Yeah, she just wanted to. She create just wanted and, to create yeah. for you know her restaurant, like the restaurant she was working at, because she was the the pastry chef, and mm-hmm. and then she got discovered, and she really didn't like the fame and yeah. the fortune and all that stuff, and she was really humble about it. And I love people like that. I think that some other chefs are not as humble. <laughs> a lot yeah. are very cocky, which well deserved. They've done amazing things, and yes. they, they've made so many people happy with what they're consuming. So I totally get the cockiness. I would be the same way for sure <laughs> if I was a chef. Um, whenever I make Jason, my boyfriend, yeah. whenever I make him dinner, I'm like, "How was it? Did you like it? <laughs> Tell me right now." And I don't know if he's scared of me or not. Like maybe he should rate you then. I th- yeah maybe he should maybe he has a little machine in like the bat and like our bedroom where he's like rating me but he's like yeah babe it's great but who knows I mean if if he's really telling me it's great I, in uh, my head I'm like oh my god I'm an amazing chef like <laughs> thank you so much and every time I make food for my friends I'm like you like it right yeah. like it was amazing right what what, what so were- I'd probably be a cocky chef <laughs> <laughs> what were you uh, like eating growing up or do you like did you like cooking right away? Who who was cooking in your family? Okay, so this is funny. Okay. Well, I just said before that I was at my parents' house in New Jersey this week, and we were with my family friends who I've grown up with. I, I mean, I was a baby with their mm-hmm. kids and yada, yada, yada. So we were talking about what we 
were eating back in the day together as a group. Oh. And I was talking about their, their snack cabinet. Because ultimately, when you're young, the snack cabinet well, is we, your favorite place in the world. Yeah, I mean, we grew up it, when we when we grew up. I mean, I'm older than you, but still, it was the time of just like great snacks. So many good. Yeah. I mean, come on, like Gushers, yeah. Gogurts, which was like the Dunkaroos, healthier one. Yeah. Dunkaroos, um, fruit by the foot, fruit by the foot. I mean, yodels, yeah. <laughs> and like no, my my um my boyfriend's nephew eats avocado as a snack and grapes as a snack. Pizza's, I mean, the the un, most unhealthy thing that he eats. So Matt, I can't believe I, I my lifespan would probably be much higher, you know, if I was eating like that when I was younger. Yeah. And parents don't let their kids touch those types, you know, yeah, gushers yeah. and that kind of crap today. But Doritos were my favorite. Oh, Cheetos, yeah. little crunchy guys, those were bomb. But anyway, so I was talking to my family friends about their snack cabinet back in the day, and I would run to their house because my parents didn't really keep food like that sure. in our house. And I would just snack every hour. <laughs> I would grab a new bag of chips or yeah. gushers or whatever it was, ice pops, you know, the fruity pebble or the, oh, the yeah. Flintstone the, the, yeah. ice pops where you push it off. Oh, the, the push, push pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those were so bomb. So we were, funny enough, we were talking about that yesterday and he was like, I, my family friend was like, I would never feed my kids that, ever. I mean, my, we were we were drinking soda like every night. Oh, Our I parents to, didn't realize that it was so unhealthy. I went to a day camp growing up that it was, I mean, it was just like, it was just, it was a short one. It was like kind of give like parents a break in the morning. It was a short, it was, short, it was like from nine to noon. It was just like yeah. a three hour thing. And in the middle, so what would that be? 10.30, we had like a drink break and it was soda. It was like the, it was, it was like the America's choice. You like, didn't have Capri Sun or the Kool-Aid things where you twist off the top? They gave us soda. Wow. Yeah. And like, it was, you ran to this, it was this hut. <laughs> it was at like the sporting field in like yeah. my town. So it was like the hut where they would sell like, you know, concessions and stuff. But at that time in the morning, they just had all this like soda ready and it was like warm soda. <laughs> but it, you just, you ran up because everyone wanted like root beer or like cream soda. And then like, I think like after that it was like orange was the most popular. I actually love orange soda. Yeah. Remember Keenan and Kyle? Oh yeah. Orange soda. That was awesome. Yeah, love that. <laughs> Never forget. Yeah, I mean, growing up, what, going back to the question, growing yeah. up, my mom cooked so much more than my dad, for sure. My, okay. And my mom was actually, like, working later than my dad. My dad worked for himself in real estate, and mm. he would be home by, like, 5 o'clock still working, and my mom would come home from teaching, and she'd be complaining about her principal and, like, exhausted, but she'd be cooking me whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. The the main things was... Uh, Pepper steak, mm. which was always good. Yeah. Uh, Chinese chicken salad, classic. Yeah. Um, and then I would cry if I didn't get mozzarella sticks as an appetizer. <laughs> Pizza bagels, for sure. I would come home from track from high school, and me and my friends would like raid our cabinets and make the TGI Fridays like frozen mozzarella sticks and the pizza bagels. <laughs> Those were my all-time favorite. And then bagels. I mean, it was a really carb-heavy childhood. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then tons of candy. So, in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, there was um, there was candy in the school, mm. um, and I would like steal a, do a dollar from my dad's wallet literally every day and throw out my sandwich and my fruit that my mom would pack me. I was such a bad kid, and I would eat a <laughs> Twix bar every day. And my parents wondered why I had so many cavities growing up, and I'd be like, I don't know either. I mean, maybe it's the saliva in my mouth. Who knows? <laughs> 
And it ended up that I would just throw out my parents' lunch. I was so bad. And then just eat Twix bars all the time and called it a day. And I was he- I, I thought I was healthy. I was, he- I was happy. So it didn't really matter. And um, now I'm, you know, now I try to be as healthy as possible. It's hard with the market because I eat for free. Oh, So wow. people just throw like fried chicken yeah. and like rice in my face all day. And then I try to eat a salad and I'm like, nah. <laughs> But when I'm not at the market, I'm trying to always eat a salad and keep yeah. it light and have some yogurt and... Yeah. When did you start, like, did you always, did you help, like, your mom cook or when did you start kind of cooking for yourself? I started cooking in college. As, yeah, as my, most of us do. Yeah, yeah. my roommate's actually, an ama- my old roommate in college was an amazing chef. We went oh. to Penn State. Oh, um, cool. Crazy party school. Yes, Lots yeah. of drinking, lots of fun, lots of shitty food, um, <laughs> fat bitch sandwiches. Fat bitch sandwiches. Yeah. What are those? I think, okay, so if my memory serves me correct, because it's been a few years, um, chicken tenders, mozzarella cheese, uh-huh. uh, Russian dressing, Okay. and what else was on there? So it's like the same, uh, it's crap. like at Rutgers, they had grease trucks. Yeah, similar, yeah. exactly. So we would eat those all the time, and I didn't gain a pound. And now, if I ate those all the time, I'd be. It wouldn't be. A we good used situation. to be so, like you know, like the life. Life was just so ahead of us. Oh my god, I know. Right? <laughs> we were in, we were invincible. Invincible. Yeah. Anything I did, I was. I woke up the next morning and I was yeah. like ready to go with a mil- so much energy, yeah. and um, I think it just caught up to me. As it did for everyone else. For I think. everyone else. Yeah. yeah. Now I have to go to the gym four times a week instead of once a week <laughs> just for fun to like yeah. meet boys at the gym in college. <laughs> so now it's actually going to the gym and trying to break out a sweat and you know do all yeah. that. But I, yeah, so I started cooking in college with my roommate. She would make this amazing chicken with mushroom cream sauce and um, some garlic and dill on top, which is actually an interesting combo if you think about it. But yeah. it was really really good. And so, and my other roommate would make bomb lasagna. Ooh. So we just had some great cooks yeah. and I had to follow behind them as the <laughs> sous chef. Um, and then when I moved into the city and I really had to fend for myself and I was making like $38,000 my first job. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't eat out. Yeah. Um, I really had to cook for myself. So I would start making really good different types of salads and chicken and salmon and you know, kept it like American healthy with mm-hmm. like chicken, potatoes, yeah. veggies, and then like ice cream for dessert always. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now I'm now I'm pretty. I I have my Taco Tuesdays with my boyfriend. Nice. Um, we make some really good salmon with some great sides. Lots of couscous in my life. Um, <laughs> I actually right after college I was in Israel. I was living in Israel for like six months. What was that like? Oh, amazing! The food over there is ridiculous. So, um, in Israel. So I was living in Jerusalem. Okay. I was working at a tech startup, and then I moved to Tel Aviv for a couple of months. Cool. Um, What did you like more, Jerusalem or Tel Aviv? Two very different cities. They're just two different. It's almost like being in two different countries. Wow. I mean, Jerusalem, you have the city. Old Testament versus New Testament. Yeah, literally. Um, Jerusalem is 
and it's different food too. Okay. And you have the Shuk, which is the market mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, and then you have the Caramel Market in Tel Aviv. Okay. And you know the markets are just so vibrant, colorful, so much energy, so much culture, um, fresh foods, fresh candy, fresh everything. Ooh, yeah. And we would take all of that back to our apartment and just cook up something. Awesome. And whatever it was, it was with fresh ingredients, so it was always so just, good. Yeah, it tasted, yeah. Um, but living there was a dream. I I wish to go back um, to actually live there in the future. Hopefully, wow. maybe one day. I've been going back every year since, so awesome. um, cool. can't get enough of it. And whenever I hear new Israeli chefs coming into New York, I get so excited. <laughs> um, and you know, in Timeout, going back to Timeout Market, we have Nur, <laughs> which yeah. is one of the best chefs from Israel. Um, and he, you know, his restaurants in Flatiron unbelievable food and then we have miss Ada, yeah. little Ada, um who's doing a hummus bar and his restaurant's in fort green if you've never been there it's incredible i need to go you yeah. have to go um and what else do we have that's israeli well we have a, a israeli owner of bread's bakery so we have bread's bagelry and bread's bakery we have this insane chocolate babka have you seen it yeah. Have you tasted yeah. it? Yeah, I, that was one of the. Yeah. You're gonna have to go to the market with me after this for lunch. Right. You're invited. We're cool. gonna you're gonna try all of the Israeli all spots right. in the market. That's what we're gonna do for our food tour. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, just like so. What? So, I mean, it sounds like you said it's not just a job. It's just. I mean. It's a passion. It's a passion. It really is. So it's pr- it's pretty cool that you get to work, obviously with. I mean, with your passion, with these other people that are incredibly passionate. I mean, Time Out Marketplace started because of Joao having this passion and wanting to create a 4D experience from from the magazine. It's a good way to put it, a 4D yeah. experience. I yeah. like that. I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> Coin that term now while you can. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well... We, you know, talk a little uh, about movies uh, on these special episodes. So I asked you what were some of your favorite movies, and you gave me a couple of choices. And I, I think it would be fun to talk about. It was just there too, so <laughs> innocent, ch- like ch- you know, like children movies from our, you know our youth, and that's uh, Matilda and Dunstan checks. In. <laughs> So let's uh, let's talk about. I mean, I think everyone that's seen Matilda knows probably what scene we're gonna talk about. But uh, it's the what is it? It's Bruce. I love the when I like because I want to see if there's clips on YouTube to play for you guys. So it's it's a Bruce versus chocolate cake scene. Oh, the so this best. Is, this is the Bruce versus chocolate cake scene. Smells chocolatey, eh? Now eat it. I don't want any. Thank you. Eat it! Don't eat it. She wouldn't give him cake. It's poison. Something's up. You look like you enjoyed that, Brucey. Mm-hmm. You must have some more. Mm-hmm. No thanks. But you'll hurt Cook's feelings. Huh? Cookie! <laughs> she made this cake just for you to have on your very own. 
Her sweat and blood went into this cake, and you will not leave this platform until you have consumed the entire confection. Entire confection. See you at lunch. Thank you, Cookie. Rotten kids. You wanted cake, you got cake. Now eat it. her name what's the evil principal uh oh god why should, I should trunchball yes so mrs trunch miss trunchball yes or mrs i forget or if Ms. she's married or not i think Ms. right she, i think she was married anyway yeah so miss trunchball makes bruce forcefully makes bruce in front of the whole classroom actually in front of the, the whole school uh, like the yeah the like gymnasium auditorium in the whatever, auditorium the, yeah. um shoved the piece of actually the whole cake poor bruce i know she first she gives him the slice oh. and then says you know and it was that creepy <laughs> lunch lady yeah that's, oh my god the creepy lunch lady i forgot like about her she's licking her hand <laughs> and it's like made with her blood, blood and sweat, sweat and tears, and tears. Oh. Oh God, that haunts me forever. That I mean, there's actually two pretty notable foodie uh, scenes in that movie that mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about. So obviously, yeah. first one is Bruce and poor little Brucey. Um, <laughs> that's stuff. I also, I unfortunately, I feel like that's happened in real life. Oh yeah. Maybe not the principal doing it. Well, we but... all have those stories of being made an example of, and that's obviously extreme version of right. it. I mean, that whole movie is just you know. crazy tale of just between her parents and the school system it's definitely it's commenting on you know a certain time and uh but yeah so it's just but there's plenty like you said there's so many there's a couple other scenes well the other scene that i was thinking about was when matilda snuck into miss trunchbull's house yes and for for some reason this sticks with me i don't know why i think i just like I love chocolate. Um, I'm a big chocolate fan. So when she um, was hiding and she took, but she, before she was hiding, she took a piece of chocolate from the, the candy box that Miss Trunchbull had. Yeah. And she hid with the chocolate or something like that. And um, Miss Trunchbull then comes in. She looks at the chocolate box. She opens it. And it's like this whole scene with the chocolate box. And you hear like the crinkling of the wrapper coming off of (laughs) the chocolate. And she just, there's a scene where she just shoves the chocolate into her mouth. And for some reason, that scene is stuck with me because, you know, Ferrero Rocher? Mm -hmm. Right. So it reminded me of those. And I love those. And the crinkling of the wrapper coming off the chocolate and shoving it into your mouth and enjoying the taste. (laughs) You see Miss Trunchbull doing that. You're like, she's so gross, but this is so like like intri- like yeah. I loved it it was like so intricate and I loved the scene um but yeah Matilda is definitely one of my all-time favorites yeah and I'm sure a lot of 90 kids can relate and agree with me um yeah and then I going into Dustin checks in yeah Dun- 
Dunstan. <laughs> Dun- Dunstan. Dunstan. The monkey. The monkey, the orangutan. Yeah. The Pongo Pygmaeus or whatever they... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, That's my God. That's like one of the things I always... Because, uh, you know, Ruben... Pee-wee Herman. Pee-wee Herman. Put it that way. He's in it. He's looking for the Pongo Pygmaeus. Oh, my God. That's but that so movie, good. This is a ridiculous movie. <laughs> and I don't know. What what, scene, what food scene do you think? I. So, it's... It's such a hard film to relate, like relay off to like the move the yeah. the food scene, yeah. but um, I mean, there's so many different scenes where Dunstan is like going into the kitchen of the hotel, yeah, and exactly, making an absolute mess, and then at the end of the movie, and I don't know if I'm ruining for this for everyone, if if anyone hasn't <laughs> okay. seen it, it's okay, it's okay. There's been enough time to separate spoilers. Yeah, so I mean, it yeah. was a movie that was made in 1995. I think everyone had enough time to see <laughs> it. If you haven't, you need to check it out. Um, but at the end of the movie, Dunstan sees like the big cake yeah. and the older woman that he was massaging a couple of scenes earlier. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess like... Dunstan was hanging on the chandelier and like kicks the woman into the cake. Yeah, into the cake. Yeah. And the, the woman's like shoving the cake in her mouth, but also like throwing it off of her face. It's and such it's such a, an it's intense a, scene. Like a bright pink, like decadent, huge looking cake that yeah. she just falls back into. Yeah. And I mean, that's like the only food. I, I guess I, I'm sure there's others. There's always that I because, can't think yeah, like of, you said, but... it takes place. I, I've started to realize like there's certain movies that I'm like, oh, maybe I should talk about that on the podcast too because. Hotel movies just always have so much food involvement because, I mean... Always. Yeah, always. Because it's a hotel. Because it's a hotel. (laughs) Yeah, and it was, like, supposed to be a very, very fancy hotel. Yeah. um, Where the food was very decadent. And the kitchen was, you know, the chefs in the kitchen were very strict. And then all of a sudden, a monkey's running around the kitchen and they're freaking out. (laughs) Even though he's the cutest monkey ever. Um, But, yeah, that's definitely another one of my favorites from childhood and now. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they would never make a movie like that now. Yeah, there's from a the couple... scenes that were in it, it's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, there's a couple. There's some weird scenes in it, just from again him roaming around and seeing what he sees. It's like you know, like from almost like a voyeur. He turns into a bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. With like bottles of champagne yeah, for pe- a kids movie. Yeah, probably Peter probably wouldn't allow it. Now, no, definitely you know. not. It's definitely. And like, I wish I met the monkey. Yeah. The orangutan. The orangutan. Yeah. yeah. Not, he's an ape, okay? Let's oh, get it right. All right, fine. Sorry, Dunstan. A damn dirty ape. No. <laughs> but uh, those are just two great, like, examples of, like, film. Like, we were talking about, like, snacks that we grew up with. Like, those are just such, like, 90s, like, kids movies. Uh-huh. And that kid from Dunstan checks in. He's the same one. I mean, well, the girl from he's Matilda so is this one from, like, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. So adorable. And then, uh, and then the kid from Dunstan Checks In, he's a little more annoying. He's the one from the Santa Claus. Oh, and yeah, just he in is. this movie, he's just always like, it should become a drinking game. The way he goes, Dad! Like, and just always <laughs> yelling for Jason Alexander. Yeah. Like, oh, I love Jason Alexander. Yeah. He plays, yeah, he plays a good, like, he's the manager. I wish we were talking about Seinfeld right now. <laughs> yep. It's literally my favorite show on Earth. Yeah? Grew up watching. Met Jerry Seinfeld in person at wow. one of his shows. Did you try to take a selfie with him and he said no? No, worse. <laughs> I told him that he reminded me of, um, uh, no, not reminded me. I wish I wished that he was my uncle. Oh, okay. So I told him that. That's he, not bad. That's he nice. He told me he thought it was weird. Uh. I said, well, I grew up with you on TV and my parents like used to play trivia about Seinfeld and they love you and my dad loves you and we all love you. And he was like, okay, this is getting weird. I'm about to go on stage. And I was like, all right, like... I knew you were going to be out here, so that's why I came to the bathroom, but you definitely remind me of, like, maybe, like, an uncle, or, like, maybe you should be my uncle, and I just 
tongue twisted <laughs> and tongue tied because I was so starstruck by him. Uh-huh. Um, so that was weird. Yeah. That was definitely weird. Then I met Jessica Seinfeld at, a, at her cookbook signing mm-hmm. and I told her what had happened with her husband and I. <laughs> and she was also like, that's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> but nice to meet you. Have a good day. Enjoy my cookbook. Um, so had a little run in with the Seinfelds. Yeah. And uh, some great food episodes of Seinfeld. The most infamous, obviously, Soup Nazi. Oh, my God, the Soup Nazi. My parents will never let that go. They always talk about the Soup Nazi. And then there's the the rye. The... Oh, my God. You're bringing up some good memories right now. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. this, no soup for you. Like, that is literally the best. That is the, one of the best episodes, for sure. The, the the bread when um what is it Kramer steals the bread from the old, the old woman lady, yeah yeah and yeah. the old woman's like screaming at him and then that whole thing happens and then um the beef the beefaroni with the, the horse and the horse yeah that's well, a good oh, I one just, I was just gonna say it and I forget what was the what was the horse's name he goes whoa it's oh, oh, Char- Charlie no no definitely not Charlie it was something funkier but I don't yeah? okay. I don't remember but I remember the beefaroni and that yeah. was bad. That was, that was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite character in Seinfeld? Oh, God. I know, it's tough. I mean... Don't say Newman. What? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I do. I love Kramer. I love a wild card. Yeah. He's a wild card. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, then, like... I guess because also he complains the least. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, like... Um, like, the, I, I love Seinfeld, but I, I, I just... I think I love Curb more. Mm, just I do love because Curb. I do. I love Curb, and be, just because it every Seinfeld from Larry. <laughs> yeah, well, and and every Seinfeld episode, the situations they get into, I want someone to be like, "What the fuck is going on?" And you just can't get that because it was network television. Yeah, and like, like just like the. While it's hilarious, just like sometimes I'm like, that's not the reaction, like that, like that's not reality. It, yeah, that's not reality or like what it deserves right now because you just couldn't have it on, you know, NBC versus HBO when Larry gets into the situations. It's just like those are so good. So good. And who's the guy that lives in Larry's house? What's his name again? Oh, um, oh god, he's like Larry. Larry. Yeah, Larry. Larry. Yeah. Um. Oh god. In this past season, he's like Larry, you lamping. Uh, yeah, Larry, you lamping. Remember oh the episode, God, wait, going off. back to, to Curb, remember the episode where he's in his house in LA mm-hmm. and that old woman who used to own the house comes in oh, yeah. because the fern was dying the fern was and dying. she kept it there and she kept going back into the house and he was like, all right, enough of this, get out of my house and then goes to her house with whatever his name is yeah. and threatens her yeah. and they're like, we're going to take your dog. And we're also going to take your plant. And, she, and yeah. she's like, you're not taking my dog or my plant. Get out of here. <laughs> and like Larry's scared of her. That's a good episode. Yeah. It's, uh, oh God, why am I forgetting? The, I mean, the actor is J.B. Smoove. And why am I totally, oh like, my God. Leon, Leon. Leon, of Leon. course. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Can't and believe we forgot Leon. He's, he's so good. And I love Jeff Garland on it. And thinking of Jeff like a Garland. food episode of that, I love, it was like one of the, I think it was one of like the later ones. It's between, there's the, what there's an Israeli restaurant. The yes, I was just gonna say that the, ch- the chick, the chicken, and he's like the chicken's so, so good, and he's just like st- at the end of that episode, there's just like you've got Jewish people, you've got the I, I forget where they were from. They were from um like from they were like Palestinian. Pal- yeah, they were pal- yeah, they're Palestinian. And they were like talking about hating the Ju- hating yeah. Larry because he was Jewish, yeah. and then le- in later episodes, um. 
he goes back to the restaurant, yeah. like the, the Palestinian restaurant, yeah. and he tries to order, and they freak out at him. And then in later episodes, the same guy shows up in a car, yeah. and he goes to interview all those people that, that Larry's done something to. Yeah. <laughs> and he ends up like rating Larry, like we were talking about before. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Larry actually is a good guy, <laughs> and he like goes to ev- all of like the the um, yeah because he's got the what was it? it was in the last season he goes he's to the got mosque the, yeah and he's like okay so I found out that Larry David actually is a great man yeah. and then they they take they kidnap Larry and bring him in yeah and they're like okay Larry we decided that we we like you and you're a good Jewish man we will we will leave you alone now we yeah, will not kill was, you what was it yeah what what was that called he they he had a it was like the, the episode was called whatever it's called when you have a hit put out on you yeah by like pa- by palestinians but oh my god that was a great episode the 10th tenth, tenth season's coming oh yeah, yeah. unfortunately yeah. um bob einstein passed away you know um um oh god why am i blinking on his i'm just my memory is horrible these days <laughs> same uh oh god what's his character's name on the show you, you know to, uh he always calls him by his by his last name. Wait, the one He's with the raspy voice? With the raspy voice, he yeah. He passed away in real life? Yeah, Bob Einstein. He yeah. did? Yeah. How? Funkhauser. Funkhauser, there we, there obviously. Why am I so like Leon Funkhauser? I can't believe he passed away. People, How? Yeah. Maybe, it was, maybe it was cancer. That's so sad. Yeah. I love Funkhauser. Yeah. R.I.P., dude. Yeah. Damn. But, uh, well... I don't want to like end that section on such a <laughs> sad note, but we'll move on to the last segment, gut instincts. So I've got it's just a nice little speed round of questions. So whatever thought comes to you first, we've we've actually kind of covered a couple of these, but we'll just maybe you'll give a specific answer. Favorite fast food? Oof. Wendy's for sure. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Wendy's Wendy's wins a lot on this. Wendy's, Taco Bell, those are. I would Taco Bell's my second. Yeah. Um. So Wendy is the chicken nuggets with the honey mustard, Ooh. all-time fave. You know, it's funny. I've never had the burger. Never had a Wendy's burger? No. Wow. And I'm never going to because I stick to what I know and okay. I stick to what I like. Never going to have a Baconator? Wait. Nope. The chili. <laughs> okay. With the potato. The yeah. baked potato with the chili yeah, and the, the sour cream and the chives yeah. is incredible. I grew up on that shit. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. So Wendy's definitely is first. And, and if you. Oh, of course, a vanilla frosty. What? Oh my God, who are we kidding? Oh, vanilla frosty, not chocolate. No, vanilla. Oh. Because the vanilla helps you cut down on everything else you just eat. Because the chili's a little hearty, the chicken nuggets okay. are a little hearty, and then vanilla gives you like a nice little soft padding <laughs> in your stomach for for your next meal. Yeah, exactly. So that's um that's my answer for number one. Uh, go to alcoholic beverage. Mm. Okay. A dry gin martini with blue cheese olives. Wow. That's yeah. specific and I like it. What kind of gin? What's the idea? Hendrix, gin? for Hendrix. sure. Tom Colicchio's favorite. I've had like three of those this past weekend. <laughs> I need to relax. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Colicchio always needed to have a bottle of Hendrix in his dressing room. Really? Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Not and like one time we had like, it was a review, like I forget what the, epi- you know, special episode after there was the winner and just like a check-in or whatever. And so it was just the one day we were like filming and they like got him a bottle of Hendrix for his dressing room and he didn't even open it. So at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, yoink. I'll take that from you. Thank <laughs> you <Yeah>. very much. <laughs> well, favorite childhood snack. <sighs> oh my God. I mean, Twix bar isn't really a snack, so I can't say that. So I'm like- going to say 
pizza bagel? No, no. I'm going to say Gushers. Gushers. I lived on Gushers yeah. just as much as I lived on all of those other what things. What a crazy I concept. I know. And what a like unappealing sounding Oh my god, the sounding Scooby-Doo names. snacks too. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, mm. just all the gummy candies were just like Yeah, and snacks, now you look say. at what's in them from like all the knowledge we have of high fructose <laughs> corn syrup and I'm like, I can't believe I ate those every day. Thanks for packing those in my lunch, Mom. Nonetheless. And yeah. all the mystery flavor ones. Ooh, the blue. Yeah. Mm. Weren't they white, though? Some, oh, some, yeah, you're right, special. but I did like the blue. Yeah. That was Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sweet or savory? A mix of both, uh-huh. but if I had to choose one, savory. Yeah. Favorite food city, domestic and international? And you can't go with New York. That's too easy of an answer. Tel Aviv. Okay. Um... Oof. And New Orleans. That's my... Really? Is that yours? Yeah. That's my end-all, be-all favorite food city. Um, same. Wow. Yeah, New Orleans is the shit. I hope yeah. it doesn't go underwater. That's I mean, scary. Yeah, it is scary. Because it's one of the best cities, I think, in the world. It's my... If I didn't have... I would... Well, there's two things that are keeping me from moving down there. All my family's up, up here, and I'm Feel just, that. like, got such a guilty conscience of moving away from them. Oh, me too. And if I should have done it, I should have done it before my niece was born, just because now I'm just like, well, now I can't move. Yeah, you can't move. Uh, and, uh, and then just the summer's down there, just a little too, too hot. I mean, we grew up in Jersey, and mm. it's humid, but, you know. It's, it's worse just, down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have yeah. you been to Charleston? Yes. Okay, yeah. so I'm going for the first time next weekend to visit a friend from high school. Cool. And I feel like the food scene down there might match New Orleans. It's what do you think a, about that? Well, it's a different vibe. I mean, it's a great food city. It's just a, it's a different vibe, obviously. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a bit more, I don't want to say the word sophisticated. That's not right to say. Well, there's parts of New Orleans that are more sophisticated than yeah. others, and you can get like a trashy meal that's still amazing, and a sophisticated meal in New Orleans that's yeah. Also I think amazing. I think I think New Orleans, you have a better chance of having a great meal walking into any place. Yeah, and in Charleston, you really have to like search, do your research before. Yeah, it's a it's a city. Yeah, that you're better off like looking into like where you're gonna go. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But still, I mean, it's a fantastic food city. Okay. Uh, favorite cuisine. Oof. I mean, oh my god, this is so hard. I'm a big fan of Japanese food just because, like, sushi is my number one. Um, but you can't go wrong with Italian and Israeli. Yeah. Those are my, those three are my faves. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty pleasure food. <laughs> Chicken parm with spaghetti pomodoro and... If you give me like three pieces of chicken parm that's huge and three plates of three bowls of spaghetti pomodoro, I'll finish the whole thing. <laughs> Favorite condiment? Oh my god. <sighs> Mustard. Mustard. Yellow, Weird, brown, right? spicy. What are Dijon, we spicy. All, mm, actually. Yeah, I'm, all. The yeah. seeded one from Trader Joe's is my Ooh, favorite. I put I that love... on my salmon. Oh, me, see, I love it. a good seeded brown mustard. For like a pastrami sandwich. That's Ooh, like, and a pastrami sandwich, yeah. and a hot dog, and a knish. <laughs> oh, knish. Oh, yeah. a knish with mustard mm-hmm. to die for, and a pickle yeah. on the side. Can't go wrong. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> we have very similar tastes. Yes. Um, it's kind of right in front of me, but what's the last thing you ate? <laughs> Ugh, unfortunately, this like weird little yogurt thing that I didn't like too much. Mm-hmm. Um, breakfast is tough, man. I it mean, it is tough. I'm not a bit. I mean, I love breakfast food. 
but I'm, I rarely, I'm a kind of, I wake up, you know, quick little routine and out the door. I know. Coffee is really the breakfast, unfortunately. I mean, look, if I want a breakfast sandwich, I can't. I can't do breakfast sandwiches every day. I no, wish I you could. Can't. No, I yeah. Because yeah. I love them so much, but that's really a hearty breakfast. Also, you want to get your carbs in the morning. Yeah. Um, so you can burn them off during the day, and I have that thought in my head, but I also don't want the bread. Yeah. Um, again, trying to be healthy <laughs> as much as possible, but um, had this yogurt, and then I do, you know, maybe like a kind bar, mm-hmm. which aren't the best for you, but you know, gives you some energy, and then yeah. really like lunch and dinner are my favorite. Lunch, I eat a lunch big is my salad, favorite meal. But I have to say, when you have a big lunch, you're exhausted for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's why we need to adopt like the Spanish like culture. culture you have like your tapas. siestas. And ta- true. Yeah. True. A post-lunch siesta. What time do you eat dinner around? Just curious. Me? Yeah. It always changes. I'm definitely closer to like eight, nine p.m. See, like that's not good. No, it's not. It's really bad. And yeah. like I'm trying well, to break the Well, I also I stay up that. until like one in the morning. Okay, so then that usually that works. So there's at least a four hour buffer after that, and especially now with like nicer weather. Well, it's been like hot and humid, but in the summer, like when nicer weather happens, and then especially when it's hot and humid, I go for a bike ride at night. So I try to, That's like, lovely. Yeah. I try to do that because, like, I just go, I have a very, like, specific, like, pattern that I go, I go to, like, Liberty State Park in Jersey City. Mm, and that. I just do, like, a big, big circle because also since I do want to get better at, I mean, I just, I have no, everything so random hours-wise with me because mm-hmm. I'm freelance and right. it's just whenever I get a gig, I get a gig and that kind of stuff. So... I do tend to stay up late, but then, you know, so there are some times that I can't fall asleep and I've got a gig. I have to be up, you know, and at a location at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or yeah. something like that, even earlier sometimes. But so I've also been doing the bike ride because then it helps me if I'm eating later. That's a that's a bonus for that because then I'm doing some exercise after right. eating. And then also it helps me fall asleep easier because I tire myself out. Right. That then, makes sense. Yeah. I think wh- when I eat a late dinner, I can't fall asleep. Or I do fall asleep, but I can't sleep But it's not like a comfortable well. sleep. Yeah, yeah because yeah. you just have so much in your stomach. My my family friend made um, unbelievable burgers yesterday, like mm. bacon, cheddar cheese, and uh, like American cheese yeah. mixed into the burger. Fat burger. Ooh. And he made hot dogs, and he made chicken burgers, and he also made these amazing sautéed veggies that he baked after with Italian dressing. Yeah. It was so good. So I had like, okay, this is disgusting, but I had two burgers. Mm-hmm. People would think I'm, like, a, a horse from the way that I eat, but, like, I have to work. I work out, like, yeah. crazy. I'm running at the gym. I am cycling at the gym. I'm lifting. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my abs. So I'm allowed – I feel like I'm allowed to eat like this. <laughs> I had, like, a hot dog, two burgers, three sides of veggies, a piece of corn, and then, like, five cookies for dessert. It's yeah. really disgusting, but, hey. That's a good meal. You got to eat. Yeah. One of my favorite – you're saying, like, stuffing it with the, the cheese one of my so favorite burgers still is in Westwood, new jersey there's this place called the iron horse oh i know the iron horse yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot if you're from north jersey like everyone's kind of heard of it or at least or been, been to there it. yeah and it was just a place like you know you sit down and they just bring you like coleslaw and like some pickles right away so and then they just the burgers there my mouth is watering thing yeah i know right it's just like they st- they they stuff it with cheese mm. and that's you know and they have this one burger i forget how many ounces it is but it's called the bedrock burger after like the flintstones that's it's funny huge huge burger bur- what's your favorite burger in manhattan or in the city oh 
God. City meaning Brooklyn, Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Um, my favorite burger. Let me think about that and I'll answer at the end. Okay. Because. Do I have. There's a, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of burger spots. I'll tell you mine. Okay. Bar Sardine. Bar, in, yeah. In, uh, yeah, Bar, Bar Sardine is so good in the, in the West Village. In the West Village. Village. It's, yeah. it's actually really under, I think it's a little underrated. Yeah. Um, let me. I got. I'm one you of those have a people. List? Well, I've got every like. If you see like my Google Maps, it's all like, like it's listed. Like marks. Oh, that's <laughs> so, so I, funny. I should do that. I literally like. Well, and then you can even see like how like like every everywhere I go, I just oh, mark. Oh wow, that's and that's all. So dope. And that's just all restaurants. That. That's a good <laughs> that's idea. All. And that's a great way because then I like know like when people like ask and to save. Yeah. So um, let's see. My favorite. Yeah, bar sardines right there. Yeah. Um, what do I? Oh, Beatrice Inn. Really? Yeah. That's, I haven't had it. Yeah. I should go. Angie Mar. Burger tour. Yeah, <laughs> burger tour. That would be. What's your favorite pizza in the city? Um, now I'm interviewing you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't. This is. I don't, I don't. I'm supposed to interview. What? what I got. I got to. I got to help myself out. I always. I mean, I do love Joe's Pizzeria. Right? Uh, yeah, I love um, Joe's classic. Yeah. Um, Prince Street classic. Um, no, but what am I? What am I? What, Ruby Rosa. That's my. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. With like the pesto yeah. swirl on the top. I did everything there. Even like talk about then you go there and you have like the like meatballs. Uh, grilled well it, uh, meatballs, but even the grilled octopus. Mm. Is, like, some of the best. Yeah, Ruby Rosa was probably my favorite. Ruby Rosa is a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, I, think... I don't know if I have a favorite. I mean, maybe. Like or no? What's the one? Oh God, I'm just so bad with names. Cali. Uh, no, it's right on. It's also it's right on McDougal. It's right on the corner. Um, I got, oh, um, um, Ben's Pizzeria. Ben's, yeah. Yeah, that's a good spot. It's a classic. What's that other classic that's on like around Greenwich Village that everyone goes to? It's by that that restaurant, that small restaurant, Fish. Everyone goes there. It's very, very famous. But I went there, and I didn't love. I didn't think it was all that. Okay. I but it's a classic, and the line is forever. I yeah. forget what it's called, but it has a red awning. It's by like Murray's Cheese, and oh yeah, you know what um, I'm talking about. Yeah, that's um, isn't that well? Joe's is right there, but then no, but this one, what John's, John's a Bleecker Street, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I was okay. I think there's better out there. Prince Street Pizza with the oh, yeah. with the pepperoni on top is by far my favorite, um, hands down. But and I can eat like I can house at least four slices. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty savage. Yeah. Uh, Do you like artichoke? No. No. I mean, I like drunk. Yes. <laughs> ask me. Ask me sober. No. No. But drunk for sure. Yeah. I, I like a lot of. I had a slice of it recently. I just felt like. Not because of like the quality or anything like that. I just felt nauseous afterwards. It was like too. It's too creamy. Too creamy. It's, I, exactly. know. I, was say, yeah. I I do love a nice artichoke slice. I just recently got into artichokes yeah. and mushrooms, so I'm into those now. But I artichoke is just it's so touristy. Yeah. I can't do it. Any, and Prince Street Pizza now. I I was walking on Prince the other day, and the line was insane. Yeah. I mean, you can you can like homeless people's dream yeah. is Prince Street Pizza sitting outside because you're going to make a lot of money out there. You got a really good pizzeria right near around here. You got Lucali. Yeah, we have Lucali. We also, well, it's not in Dumbo, but it's close enough. Yeah. And you have to get on Doesn't that line Garden? at like six. No. It's in, isn't it in Williamsburg? Lucali? Let me see. 
No, I, th- I think, is that technically, or no, what, what neighborhood is that? It's on Henry Street. Oh, you're right. It's actually closer than I oh, thought. Oh, Brooklyn Heights. Yeah, right? it's in Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. You have to get there at like... Or, or, oh, Carroll Garden. You have to get there at like 5.30. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're screwed and you won't be able to eat. What are those other... Those big ones out there. There's uh, Defara, obviously. Defara, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, that's a good one. Uh, what's the other ones? This is, this is this is what I use my phone for. This is what... Oh. There's that one all the way out by I mean, Coney well, Island. In Dumbo, you have the top two, which is Juliana's, which is also in Timeout Market. And you have um, yeah. Grimaldi's right next door. Yeah, Grimaldi's. And we're getting have, yeah. uh, L&B. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. They just... I, I, someone just go. wrote about an, an article about them coming to Dumbo, so that's going to be crazy. That might take away some business from Time Out Market. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your last meal? On Earth, yeah. like if I were to die tomorrow, what would yeah, be my like last just, meal? Yeah, you just you know you know your time's coming, and you're this is you just so sad. I know it is um, sad, but try and make the best of it. So, what would you eat? It would probably. I would probably like have to go to Japan. Okay. And have. It's like the fresh is the fresh. The fresh, yeah. And um. Some awesome sashimi and. And then be on my way. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. prefer this? Is I mean, it's a, I feel like a pretty obvious answer, but dine in or dine out. Ooh, depends on the day. I mean, okay, yeah. I like dining in like Monday through Wednesday because it's healthier and I know what ingredients yeah. are going into my food and. Um, I feel way more relaxed when I'm cooking and eating and then cleaning and mm-hmm. then sleeping. But uh, <laughs> when I go out, it's so special every time. And I love trying all new restaurants yeah. um, every single week. So, you know, mix of both. Okay. Yeah. What would be your spirit food? My spirit food? Yeah. Like my spirit animal? Spirit animal, but spirit food. Yeah. Um, what, what food best embodies your personality? Yeah. I'd have to say... Mm, that's a tough one. Malawak. Malawak is um Malawak? it's Israeli. Okay, okay. I was like It's incredible. It's like fried dough with hard boiled egg, za'atar, like all different spices, mm-hmm. um fried onion and it's a, and it's wrapped up and it's absolutely incredible and I used to eat it. It's so bad for you, but I used <laughs> to eat it when I was living in Jerusalem like at least twice a week. Yeah. Um the combination of flavors in the fried dough and it's so yeah. crispy and that embodies me for sure. That is and everyone needs to try Malawak and okay. you can also get it at Miss Ada. Oh. Miss Ada has Malawak and anytime I go there and I see people eating it that don't know what it is, yeah. they're eating it like a pizza, they're cutting it up and they're not fold you're supposed to fold it and wrap uh, it and take yeah. a bite out of it. And people just like cut it like pizza and it bothers me so much. But yeah, gotta try it. <laughs> You go to the movies, what kind of, are you having a snack? What's the... Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh my God, of course. Um, so popcorn mm-hmm. with, uh, what's it called? Crunch a bunch. Crunch a bunch. Bunch of crunch. Bunch crunch of, a bunch. Yeah, bunch of bunch crunch. Bunch of crunch. Bunch of crunch. Bunch of crunch. Yeah. Bunch of crunch. Yeah, I throw that in, mix yeah. it up. Oh, you're putting it in there. Yeah. And I finish the whole thing. It doesn't melt too much, you know, like... You Unfortunately, it doesn't melt enough. Oh. Okay. And, like, I don't really care about my fingers, like, sure. being disgusting. It's just so good. Well, so. you're in the dark, so it doesn't matter, like, all... Yeah, I mean, one time I actually did ask for wipes at the counter, and yeah. they looked at me like, this is not a restaurant. <laughs> you're not, at, like, you're not eating lobster tonight. Yeah. So you're eating bunch of crunch with popcorn. You don't need wipes. Last question. What's the greatest lesson you've learned in food? Hmm. 
always be patient mm-hmm. and always be very specific about exactly what it is you want. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's that's probably the two biggest lessons. Those are good lessons. Yeah. Jenna, thank you so much for. I mean, this all. I don't even think I like let in by saying this. I mean, well, we kind of we talked about it that we, uh, you know, met right before me interviewing Joao and. I think we talked for like a half hour Mm -hmm. and I was like, boy, we should have recorded that. And so then we made it happen. Yeah. And it just, the conversations just flow and come so naturally because we both love similar things. Yeah. We, yeah. I think we found it. Then we have, I mean, we both love New Orleans. Yeah. Both love movies. Yeah. Both love Seinfeld. Yes. Both love Larry David. (laughs) And of course, both love food. At throwing parties, events. Throwing parties and events. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for hosting me on your podcast. Yeah, please, I'm right excited now, to keep in touch. Yeah, of course. Yeah, please tell people right now where they can find you, like on or on Instagram, or what, to, what if you want people to follow. Anything, oh yeah, please. To so, give you all the likes. You yeah, know, give you, me all the yeah, followers, rate, all the likes. Rate you. Turn me yeah. into that influencer. <laughs> Just kidding, but not really. Um, you can follow me at J Rose Toes. Um, people call me J-Row or Toes, two nicknames combined. Okay. So, uh, J-R-O-S-T-O-E-S. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a website, jennaconnects.com. If you or friends or anyone need uh, any brand marketing consulting, hit me up. Yeah. You know where to find me. Um, my email's on there. And, yeah, looking forward to hearing from y'all. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we have a little sign-off for every episode, and that's this line, there's more to cut. It's something my grandmother always used to say, and I think it just transcends past food, that there's just more to cut from life. So if you wouldn't uh, mind reminding the foodie fans that there's more to cut. There's more to cut. There we go. Perfect. Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy, and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet thing, good enough to eat. Thing and it's just a while.